Years ago, I can remember working on my first Mac computer and the training folks at Apple made this computer easy for the user to work on, but behind the curtain, the complexity of the technology was very intense. Now apply that mindset to cybersecurity in the manufacturing sector. Everyone needs to keep the process moving along so security can't get in the way, but at the same time, you wanna make sure you keep the bad guys out. That's no easy task. Add on top of that, an expanding attack surface due to digitalization and a lack of qualified security professionals available, and you have the potential for the classic low-hanging fruit for attackers. That is exactly where managed security services can come in, helping multiple manufacturers stay up and running all at the same time. Hello. This is Greg Hale, and welcome to another Today with ISS Source podcast. With us today to talk about the value of managed security services is Quest Taylor, Global Cybersecurity Offer Manager at Schneider Electric. Quest, welcome. Hey, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's great to have you. And I'm going to start off with, you know, we hear the words managed security services, but as I've learned over the years, there are often different definitions for what something means. So so to get it out in the open here, what is your definition of managed security services? Yeah, managed security services in its most basic fundamental sense is really just having security services provided on a recurring base, typically by a third-party provider. So this could be a daily activity, this could be a weekly activity, this could be monthly, but basically having some sort of services provided to you on a recurring basis. Typically, we see the most overarching themes of this being around vulnerability management, threat monitoring, incident response support, things like that. But there's truly a whole gamut of a portfolio of cybersecurity services that can be provided in a managed security services type of methodology. Mm -hmm. We all know digitalization brings multiple advantages for manufacturers, but in that push, the attack surface is continuing to increase, which is accelerating the need for comprehensive cybersecurity protection. And then add on top of that, the dearth of qualified security workers. So with all of that in mind, uh, what are you seeing as being the major pain points for uh, users today? Certainly. So the, the benefits of digitalization are incredible, right? Bringing about huge advancements in our industries and unprecedented improvements in operational efficiencies, safety, sustainability, that was almost like opening Pandora's box, right? Opening the door to a lot of unforeseen cybersecurity risk. And this is why we see cybersecurity as being a cornerstone of digitalization today. So the current threat landscape presents several major challenges, and most of them are centered around vulnerability management, compliance management, and incident management. And really these challenges are compounded by two main things and that we're seeing is one, the dearth of qualified security workers that you mentioned, right? It's just so expensive to hire and maintain that talent. And then on top of that is just building a compelling business case for cybersecurity risk management that shows a direct positive ROI, right? Our industries are highly driven by what brings us more money, what's gonna bring us the most value for this investment, right? And so it's really easy to show the relationship between reduce time to perform a task or the operational efficiencies of implementing this digitalization solution, but it's sometimes a lot more challenging to show the value of a security measure fending off an incident that you have no idea if it'll even happen, right? 
And so those three things are really the primary challenges we have today and really just, just compounded by the lack of qualified individuals, as well as the ability to you know, really build that compelling business case. Now, I mean, the awareness level to me for cybersecurity obviously is just through the roof. There's no doubt about it. But mm -hmm. when you're talking about looking for ROI, it makes me think that some companies out there are still not on that, on the security bandwagon. Are, are you seeing more and more companies uh, seeking help from security professionals? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, right? So we had kind of a lag in the industry until very recent years where a lot of companies didn't invest very heavily in cybersecurity. Uh, but recently, they just really upticked the spending. And with that, they've tried to be able to hire people to come in and do the work for them, right? And so they've understood that hiring is a challenge. And so they're realizing that they need to kind of seek help outside of the, you know, hiring talent pool and really looking to security professionals like a OEM to provide them help, right? And so if you mm -hmm. think of it in the perspective of it's like when your car needs fixing or you're doing a home improvement project, you typically turn to an expert. So some of us can successfully do it ourselves, right? Most of us, including myself, cannot, and we turn to an expert. Then there's mm -hmm. that select few that think they know what they're doing and quickly find out they're in way too deep or it isn't working out as well as they thought it might. So they're trying to dig themselves out of the hole they dug. And so this is currently kind of where we find a lot of the space where they're recognizing they can't successfully do it themselves that they can't do it with their you know, small team of a single or a few individuals, and that it really takes a whole dedicated team of people who understand OT processes and OT security inside and out. And mm -hmm. so they're really looking to external security providers to help them manage the complexities of their process needs, the compliance requirements, the quickly evolving tech landscape where it seems like a new security company is coming out every single day with some new best of technology, and as well as a quickly evolving threat landscape and all of that stuff just so they can concentrate on what ultimately brings in revenue, which is their mm -hmm. business, right? And so they're really mm -hmm. looking to have help from outside providers to help them focus on those other aspects of their business that they don't have the people to actually fulfill and do a good job at, so to speak. Well, from your perspective, what areas are people looking for help? Yeah, we, we see people really leaning on us in a few different ways. And I see this across the industry. I mentioned this a few times now is vulnerability management is really a big one. Companies really just want support helping to identify what are the risks and what are their vulnerabilities. And once I figure those out, which of those risks do I need to prioritize first? Which should I do next? And which can wait until another shutdown period or another budgeting cycle? And so they just want to know what is the best way to reduce those risks, especially if I can't immediately patch an asset. That's what we always say is like, just patch an asset. That's not always an option, right? And so trying to figure out ways to improve their attack surface today until we can apply the appropriate security patch or whatever the security measure might be is really a key thing that companies are looking for out of security professionals. The next big piece is compliance, right? So every month, it seems like a new regulatory body comes out with a new requirement or standard. And organizations are just having a hard time keeping up with what are the best practices? What are they legally required to do? And a lot of times those compliance requirements are pretty vague or challenging to interpret what really needs to be done and how that impacts their environment. So to give an example of this, right, a few weeks ago, TSA released a new directive for pipeline operators here in the United States, stating that operators of pipelines systems must 
annually submit an updated cybersecurity assessment plan to TSA for review and approval. With no clear outline of what is required by this and how to even update your cybersecurity assessment plan and what does that audit process look like, right? So it just makes it really challenging for organizations to keep up with, if particularly if cybersecurity is not their first priority. So they're really looking for guidance on, okay, there's a new directive comes out. What does this mean? What do I need to do, right? How does this impact me? And the last bit here is we're seeing a lot of interest around threat monitoring and incident support. So companies surprisingly want to know as soon as possible if there could have been an incident. And then second to this, they want to know, is the incident a process-related issue or is it a cybersecurity-related issue? And so if it's a cyber issue, they really just want to understand, okay, how do I contain this? How do I neutralize it? How do I eradicate this threat? How do I get back online as soon as possible, right? And so those three things vulnerability management, compliance management, and threat monitoring and incident support are really the primary areas where we've had customers lean on us from a, at least a managed security services perspective. When it comes to managed security services, I've heard uh, one of the negatives is a managed security services provider or a managed security services center can sometimes not react quickly to an issue because they have multiple customers they're working with. And you know, they're viewing multiple screens and the whole deal. I mean, do you see that as a uh, problem? Yeah, this is a a really good question and also a tough question and something I've also heard. And this is something we've spent a lot of time here at Schneider Electric just thinking about. And I think one of the biggest things for us, at least, is firstly, our customer satisfaction and operational availability is the number one objective, right? So meeting our SLAs, And our security analyst availability is our top business priority. This is our number one thing we focus on every single day, right? And so to do this, we ensure we always have proper coverage of our customers and a relatively low utilization rate to ensure that we can kind of cover them in all sort of instances of what's going on. So we can be able to be take on that abnormal instances of high alert volumes and customers still feel like they're getting an adequate coverage and, and, you know, getting the value of what they purchased. The the second piece here, and we've put a lot of time into this, is, you know, we don't believe in just taking on additional customers we couldn't handle just to bring in additional revenue. Again, it comes back to that customer satisfaction and the SLAs and the availability. And so we really just encourage customers to challenge their providers or providers are looking at to ensure they're getting the proper coverage and that their utilization rate at a decent number so they can take on higher volumes of alerts when that comes in. Because it's going to happen someday as the you know industry keeps growing, as the threat landscape evolves the alerts will keep coming in and do they have the ability to take on those? And they do they also have a good strategy in place to help reduce the number of false positives is a big thing, right? So can they go in and, and make sure your, your system is optimized as much as possible so that you're really only taking in as few alerts as possible um, is really a big thing. And you're getting fatigued is a really big piece of this. You know, the industry has been reacting for years and years to incidents and managed security services obviously is something that could really help the industry in in that reaction. But how often or how can managed security services help a manufacturer become more proactive and head off an incident even before it becomes something? I mean, how could managed services uh, work in that regard? Yeah, so there's definitely a few ways managed security services can help organizations be more proactive. The first is a more fundamental take in this, and that managed security services take 
consistently proactive measures where they're managing your attack surface, supporting you to remediate vulnerabilities and helping you to apply the appropriate security measures to reduce the likelihood of instances, right? So really focusing on reducing the likelihood of anything occurring. The second bit here is really helping to identify your crown jewels, as well as the best way to protect them and what to do in the event of an incident. So these are kind of all things that you can take beforehand to help reduce the likelihood and as well as the impact of an incident if one is to be successful. And the third way is, which is more real, really tied to your question of heading off an incident off before it becomes something is around a service called active threat hunting. And this is one of the fun parts of the business, in my opinion. So this is where we look for an undetected breach scenario where we assume an attack has been produced, but no security event has been triggered and no no damage has been done, right? So basically an attacker is laying dormant in your environment and they are learning about the system, the network, and they're trying to build a pathway to attack that will cause the most damage, right? And so a managed security services can proactively look for that threat and help to neutralize that threat in your environment before it's actually able to cause harm or affect processes. So it might have successfully entered it, but they are able to figure out how to find it and be able to neutralize it before it's able to actually do anything. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think this showcases the skill set or the value of managed crew services, instead of having a just internal team do this work, is the broad perspective of the services team, right? And so they're able to see you know, issues across different segments, regions, attack types, different types of technologies, right? So they're seeing everything day in, day out. And so if they see a specific vulnerability exploit or attack path recently being used to target a specific industry or region or type of PLC or whatever it might be, right? They can put on a threat hunting campaign if your organization meets the likely target profile, right? So say they're attacking manufacturing sites in Europe with a you know a certain kind of PLC or whatever it is, they can put on a threat hunting campaign to look for this specific type of threat in your environment. And they can proactively find that and help to neutralize that threat that could already be present so that it doesn't impact your environment. And again, this is a nice way that managed security service providers are looking out for our customers, even, you know, and those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With all of that in mind, what should companies look for in a managed security services provider in order to secure their manufacturing enterprise? Yeah, so there's a few main things that a customer should look for in a manufacturing security services provider, particularly in a manufacturing enterprise. This is where we'll kind of focus here. So the most important thing to me is a provider with both OT process and OT security expertise, right? So OT has a lot of unique challenges, the technologies, regulatory bodies, and the incident handling procedure that typical IT strategies employ just do not cover the OT space very well. So this is, to me, one of the most important things to do. The next thing is really to have a flexible provider that can align a package of services that aligns to your current and future technology stack business and security requirements. So the ability to expand their portfolio services to your maturity and as your maturities grow and your requirements expand is really a key factor in your decision-making process. Next thing is reputation experience. You want to know that someone's done this. You want to know that they've done this well. And you want to know if they've delivered these services in your segment, in your region, with your technology stack. And you want to understand that they understand your unique challenges and needs. And this will really help to grow that relationship and make sure it's beneficial for both sides. And you're recognized the value you should be. Um, and they're not just giving you pretty standard outputs for your environment because you have unique needs. 
The last piece here is scalability, right? Can they handle your growth? As a business, you expect to grow over time. If you expand regions, you acquire new companies, or even if you just add a new manufacturing line, right? Can they adapt and still provide you the same level of service? Or is their security team going to hinder your ability to grow? And so really having a global footprint with a diverse set of capabilities is really required here. And because the real big piece here is, you know, is something's going down. If there's an incident happening, you don't want to have to go to multiple providers to figure out how to get support, right? Something's going on right now. It's causing problems. And you want one person to be able to solve a majority of those problems, if not all of them, right? So that's really the kind of the key things that people should look for in a managed security services provider. Mm-hmm. As I've learned over the years in this industry, uh, costs are always key. And what are the costs involved with managed security services compared to a manufacturer doing it themselves? And then comparing that to suffering some kind of ransomware or supply chain type of attack. Yeah, this is a really good question. And this goes back to, I think, one of the original questions around the challenges and just creating an ROI in cybersecurity. This is just definitely one of the bigger ways that people are making decisions today, right? What are the odds I suffer attack? What's the impact? And so, you know, first, let's take a look at the, the ransomware supply chain attack piece here. So CISA last year deemed that the average cost of a ransomware attack was somewhere around $1.5 million. So that's pretty hefty. Let's let's look at the cost of running your own program. So let's just say it takes anywhere from eight to 10 people on the low end to run a 24 by 7 by 365 security monitoring program. That includes vacation, holidays, sick days, all that good stuff. So at around $100,000 a person, we're already at $800,000 to $1 million a year, right? And so then if we add in infrastructure costs for running and maintaining the program, then we add in the time and cost to hire and train eight to 10 people, which could be months, maybe even years. And then the cost of the significantly reduced time to value from a service and technology perspective, right? If it's taking you months to onboard your team, you really can't realize the value of your investments until quite a while down the line. And let's just compound all of that with the fact that this team can't even guarantee you that you still want to have a ransomware attack or a supply chain attack. I mean, when you look at that, it's a pretty high investment, which is probably comparable to that of a ransomware attack. Now, on the other hand, if you look at perspective of the managed security services, where for a fraction of the cost, you're going to have an even larger team of cybersecurity analysts with that broad perspective of the threat landscape that we were talking about before, reduced infrastructure costs, and an almost immediate time to value. When we look at all of that, it's you know, it's challenging at this current time to really make a compelling business case to really even go after building your own program, just because it's so expensive to do so. And it's really hard to keep that up and have it running smoothly. And again, you don't have the guarantee that it's even going to protect you still after all that investment. All right. You know, right now, ransomware is this hot issue and, and deservedly so. But what other kinds of attacks are facing manufacturers and and how could uh, managed services uh, help solve these problems? Yeah, so ransomware has definitely been a hot topic of late. And as interesting as ransomware is, it interestingly enough still lags behind just basic malware and phishing as the most common attack type in our industries. But I understand ransomware is a little more exciting than phishing might be. But, you know, I think one of the important things to recognize here, and this goes for really all the attack, attack quote unquote types, is not necessarily the attack type, 
but it's the attack vector to organizations, right? So if we look at ransomware, it is just a type of malware, which malware is something we've been plagued with in our industries for decades now, but ransomware is really just a fun spin on it. So I don't want people to get too caught up in the actual word of ransomware specifically, but more so look at how attackers are deploying it. And then once they're deploying it, how are they spreading through the network? And that's really where people should be focusing their attention and resources here. So again, the types of attacks that people or manufacturers should be most concerned with is really just still the fundamentals. And these are the biggest ones we're seeing. It's phishing attacks, vulnerability exploits, asset misconfigurations, and compromised credentials. Those are just the biggest ones we see across the board. So phishing and compromised credentials are really challenging as it really comes down a lot to organizational awareness and training. There is things you can do, but a lot of it really just comes down to the people element and making sure people understand what to look for and what to look out for. But managing your services can provide a lot of support when we look at the aspect of vulnerability exploits, especially in the fact of prioritizing, supporting remediation of those high impact and high likelihood vulnerabilities and proactively getting ahead of those potential exploits like we were talking before. And then additionally, they can provide and give you recommendations for misconfigurations of assets and security controls. So for instance, like simply closing an unused port on a firewall can have a tremendous downward effect to improve the security posture of hundreds of devices and rendering some of those vulnerabilities inaccessible for really just a few minutes of work, right? And so these are things that managed security services providers can help you with on both a large and small scale basis to give you really high returns on pretty low time and resource investments and really help to improve your security posture for again, not much investment. So mm -hmm. that's what I'd really say about this. And so managed security service providers can really help to provide a lot of low cost, high impact recommendations and to help prevent ransomware rather than going after expensive technologies that you just don't have the resources or infrastructure to properly support um, is really a big thing here. In addition, we always hear about, you know, the ransomware attacks are the, the hot topics. And as you say, and, and that's what we always hear. But what we don't hear about are the inside attacks. Uh, and, and that's oftentimes I've heard that are bigger issues for organizations. Um, how could managed uh, security services help thwart those kinds of attacks? I think you make a really good point here. You know, insider attacks go a little bit unnoticed. And I think this is something... It's interesting, right, because insider attacks don't necessarily always have to be intentional. And most of the time, they aren't intentional. That's really where the, the biggest challenge lies today. But I think managed security services can help in quite a few areas. And I think one of the biggest ways is just being able to always have you know eyes on glass, so to speak, and monitoring where they could recognize things that employees are doing that may not be desired or may not be improved. And so what I might mean by this is maybe a employee accidentally changes a parameter or setting of a you know, security control or a DCS or whatever it might be that could introduce additional risk, right? And so our, our team would look at that and say, hey, this just occurred, you might want to look into this. So-and-so was responsible for changing this setting that is introducing new risk to your environment. Mm -hmm. And this is what you should probably do to remediate that. We don't know if you approve this, but you should double check it. And so things like that can just be a kind of a second check to what's going on, to what employees are doing, to make sure that they're not introducing additional risks. The same thing goes for like compromised credentials, right? And making sure employees are not sharing credentials and are not 
in weird places. Um, they're not leaving, let's say, remote access platforms open for an extended period of time and no one's using it. So looking after all of those pieces, just kind of being a second eye as to what your employees are doing um, can be a huge way to kind of thwart off some of those insider attacks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if an employee is intentionally trying to be malicious, it's a little bit more challenging. But again, still, it comes back to that piece of you know being able to monitor what employees are doing. If they plug in a USB stick and are trying to transfer malicious files, being able to see that and alert someone that this is occurring before it's able to cause too much damage or any damage is really a huge value that managed security services provider can really provide. Mm-hmm. And it's always great to talk about the issues. And uh, But I always like to leave our audience with some best practices, uh, some good ideas moving forward. And in this case, I think there are two parts. And one is what we talked about before, and that is what should a manufacturer look for in managed security services provider? And two, what should manufacturers do today to at least get a good start in securing their enterprise? Yeah, those are both really good questions. Most importantly, I'd say look for a provider, again, with OT process and security expertise. I cannot recommend that more. That's it's just a really critical piece here. The second bit, and this comes with the other parts we talked about before, is really look for one with credibility, flexibility, and scalability. Your organization is going to grow. It's going to evolve. You may acquire. You may divest. You're going to want a team that can accommodate your ever-changing requirements and continues to bring quality service no matter where you are in your cybersecurity journey. So that's number one. For manufacturers looking to get a good start in their security enterprise and for organizations along their journey looking to take the next step, I always, always, always recommend starting with an assessment from a third party. Just get someone outside of your organizations to evaluate your security posture, to look at your vulnerabilities in your environment, your procedures and policies, things like that. And I think that really the big thing about this is that it typically results in a lot of quick wins that can quickly and cost-effectively elevate your posture of your security program. Just simple things like misconfigurations, right? Having someone come in and identify five to 10 simple misconfigurations can affect hundreds of devices in your network and give you a significantly improved cybersecurity and posture for a very low investment. Typically, assessments aren't too expensive, um, so I definitely recommend anyone in their journey to do that. And additionally, with that, it'll help to give you a clear roadmap of the security measures that you can take that align to your business and cybersecurity objectives, and as well as any compliance and regulatory bodies you have to adhere to. And a lot of times, they'll give you different ranges so that you can fit a structure or a blueprint inside of your strategy for the future that fits inside of your budget. So those are kind of the the key things I would recommend to anyone in their cybersecurity journey. All right. Well, Quest, thank you. I appreciate you spending the time with us today. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. That's great. And that's all the time we have for today. So for Quest Taylor and Schneider Electric, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Today with ISS Source. Thank you.